This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Ross, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Power, power. We got a new world champion. That might be one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Knockouts and Three Counts is the podcast meeting to the real deal, baby. Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. another Tuesday. I'm done slinging the mail. This is Knockouts and Three Counts. And like I said, we've got quite the guest for you tonight. We've got the man himself, Gringo Loco. How you doing, brother man? Good, brother. How are you, man? Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, man, I'm glad we could make this happen, dude. I was telling uh, J-Bone and Corey, you know, they're a little bit newer to the show, but the last time I remember getting to kick it with you at all was when we were at Ula La Lucha. So, I mean, definitely one that I've wanted to uh, make happen for a little bit, but now both of these guys have gotten to see some of your stylings most recently here at Harpo's uh, for GCW. Um, how uh, how are you liking doing the stuff with GCW? Because, I mean, we see you everywhere with, you know, everything from AAA to MLW and all that stuff. How do you like how do you like GCW in comparison to a lot of the other places you work and stuff? GCW is the time of my career, man, time of my life. Uh you know, the locker room is so much like a family. Uh, you know, we're on the road every two weeks, sometimes every week. Uh, last weekend it was from one week to the other. Uh, you know, we came out of WrestleMania weekend with my show straight into a California loop. So we're just seeing each other all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of camaraderie. And uh, I couldn't ask for anything more, man. GCW is is definitely where my happiness lies right now. I could imagine with such a tight ship that, you know, they bring in guys and stuff. But to your point, it's, you know, a lot of the reoccurring talent and stuff. You guys would have to kind of be a tight-knit group to be able to put on the level of shows that you guys are able to do, you know, through GCW. Yeah, I mean, and aside from that, yeah, everybody's looking out for each other in and out the ring, man. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better, honestly. I couldn't agree more, dude. So the thing I got to ask with that is when it comes to GCW, you know, you see that they're known a lot of the time for their death matches and stuff. You brought up your show, um, WrestleMania weekend. Tell me about that. What went into you having the world on Lucha there at uh, WrestleMania weekend? And how did that change what WrestleMania weekend was like for you being that now, not only are you wrestling, you've got control of essentially your own show for GCW. Yeah. So the original idea uh, kind of sprouted out about uh, a year ago. Um, I noticed that every time we would get a chance or an opportunity on a GCW card with a Lucha flavor uh, infused into it, it would get super over with the crowd and the, the people would always ask for more. And then we would get more and more opportunities to show what we can do in a bigger fashion on a bigger stage which kind of then morphed into, hey, you know, could we get like a, what I called it back then was like, could we get like a Lucha Corner on GCW shows, you know, in the upcoming future? And it would just be like our little group of, you know, eight to 10 guys who we would interchange, you know, uh, throughout each show. And we would showcase what everybody can do. Um, and uh, basically what happened was, you know, a year after that idea of pushing on to Brett, uh, he was like, why don't we just do a show at the collective? And I was like, man, that seems like a perfect opportunity to show the world what I've been trying to show my entire career, which is like Lucha Libre is the shit. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like there's so many talented 
luchadors out here, man, that are, you know, super close to me and, and super close to the, the business as a whole, that they have so much to offer. And now we have a huge platform to, to showcase their talents. The collective, the collective was a perfect opportunity for all that to happen. So yeah, super happy with everything, with the way that it turned out, uh, the, you know, the people are asking for more, they went home happy and that's all we could ask for, man. Are we going to see another, uh, another Lucha show like that next year, Mania weekend? Yeah, I would almost say uh, we don't think we're going to be waiting another year to do it again. We just have to write, find the right moment to do it. But I don't think I, I personally don't want to wait an entire year, and I don't think the fans do either. So we're looking into it. All right, all right. I like, I that. like it. Well, J Bone and I are getting ready to head down to uh, Vegas here in a few weeks, and saw that you're going to be on a couple shows uh, while we're going to be out that way. So we're going to have to come see the stylings mm. of Gringo Loco in person. We'll definitely have to link up. Uh, while we're down there, man, we've got uh, Extreme Couture on the on the book while we get down there and a whole bunch of other shit. So I definitely want to check that out. I was like, hell yeah. Perfect timing with you coming on the show and all that stuff. Uh, absolutely, man. Viva Las Vegas and Viva La Lucha Libre, man. Let's get it. Hell Vegas yeah. going to be wild, dude. <laughs> In a lot of yeah. aspects, Vegas going to be a lot of fun, dude. We're going to do Vegas right. Hey, dude, you're not yeah, kidding. Yeah. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. We got to uh, link up with Justin James before he gets in there with Let Me Bang uh, Julian Lane while we're down there. A whole bunch of good shit going down there. But, you know, we've talked a little bit about Lucha Libre and stuff. That's one of my biggest questions I wanted to ask with uh, wanting to get this show done for a while is how did you end up going the Lucha Libre route versus your normal standard, you know, American pro wrestler? Like, what was it that made you, like, attracted to the lucha libre style versus what you see with most american guys yeah so it's deep rooted with my career it's uh, actually how i started out it's how i broke in uh here in chicago uh i would watch wwf superstars uh seeing all the the crazy you know bigger than life uh you know talents like psycho sid undertaker yokozuna all these guys fell in love with it as a child, man. And then like we got to high school and we started going to a uh, gymnastics place with a blue tumbling floor or whatever, kind of taught ourselves how to roll and, and, you know, simple things. And then we just started doing stunners and rock bottoms, bro. Like just doing what we saw on TV, man. And then like, we started like throwing like small little shows at this place. We would rent it out like at the age of 16 or whatever. And um, <laughs> lo and behold, man, the stars aligned and there was a wrestler that came in that wanted to work on his tumbling or whatever and they saw he, he happened to see us little corner with our little masks and he was like yo you need to come with us man because uh we have like a, a gym that i want to show you and that was the first time i saw a ring man it was a lucha libre mexicana gym uh right here in chicago super discreet man like if you didn't know that that place was a lucha like from the outside it looks like nothing like you would i would have never found it nobody would have ever found this place and I knew how special it was because as soon as I walked in, man, I never wanted to, never wanted to leave. So, uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. I started training, uh, started, you know, learning the basics of basing and three-quarter rolls and just everything else that comes with Lucha Libre. And uh, like I said, I was a luchador before I was an American wrestler. So American came way later in my career when I realized that, like, I should probably learn that aspect of wrestling too. So, yeah, man, like pure authentic luchador right here, man, from the ground up. That's crazy to hear because normally, you know, a lot of the luchadors, unless they're actually from Mexico and stuff like that, they they kind of play the role where they know the moves and stuff like that, but they might not actually have been trained and stuff like that in that method, at least formally, initially, and to 
for that to kind of be your deeper roots, that's that's definitely interesting. It's cool too because Lucha Libre, it's such a deeper rooted like tradition of wrestling. You know what I mean? So for you to pick that up first, like 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 you said, a lot of guys don't pick that up first. So like yeah, you're right. kind of going at it at a different aspect. So to have the traditional mindset of like Lucha Libre, man, and then to bring that into American wrestling, like that's something special, dude. That's something that's not really been done like that. So pretty cool. Yeah, honestly, I think like throughout my especially throughout my early years, it definitely, at least in my mind, uh set me apart from everybody else on the card and i still think that till this day like lucha is definitely a lot more known now but i was the only lucha guy with another luchador and we definitely stood out on the show like nobody was doing what we were doing and i could definitely say to a point like nobody's doing what i'm doing in the ring now like you know i i definitely bring a different style of of, of ring technique and stuff that i do in the ring it's not really common like i sat and watched one of the gcw shows the other day and just realized that like I am a different like wrestler, you know what I'm saying? Like not this, I'm not saying anything bad about anyone, but like, I, I definitely bring something different to the table and I'm glad that I stand 100%. out in a way that, that they, they continue booking me. And like a lot of other companies see that now and they're, they're bringing me in for the first time and it's exciting. It's, just, it's, it's an exciting time for sure in my career. Do you know, so that's another question. So you mentioned that Lucha is at, you know, at the core of who you are as a wrestler, who was it, uh, Lucha wise that, you know, made Lucha stick out to you? Well, the original guys that even turned me on, they were called the others. Uh, and they were like really good bases. And that, I mean, I think like from early on, I realized how important it was to be a base in Lucha Libre. Like you're taking care of these people's lives. Like people are confiding in you to make sure they're safe on dives and everything. So at a very, very early age, I realized how important that was. But I mean, obviously, you know, watching Rey Mysterio, Hoovy, Chris Jericho, Malenko, you know, all these guys just, you know, go into a ring and, and perform these moves that I had never seen before. Uh, I wanted to just mimic that at, at some point in my career, as fluid as they make it look, you know, on Nitro or on WWF television. I just, I, you know, I was enamored with how fluid everything looked. And it's always been my goal to kind of try to mimic that and, and make it look as good and as, as authentic as possible. Did you have a personal favorite Lucha growing up? Well, I mean, before I got into that Lucha gym, it was definitely the Undertaker, uh, you know, larger than life persona, the entrance, everything about him was cool. Uh, I think my first wrestling ever was WrestleMania 12. And like the fact that they were going to have a casket match, like my mind was blown. Like somebody's yeah. going to be putting a casket. They're going to, they're going to like die. Like this is the coolest sport ever. <laughs> right. um, but when I finally got into the Lucha world, I can definitely say that it was the original mystical that was just like, man, this guy is, is not, um, he's not from this planet. Like he's doing these maneuvers I've never seen before. Like, how does he, how does he make it look, you know, so fast? And so I, I just, I couldn't believe it. So definitely mystical comes to mind for sure. So with you seeing all that stuff and liking Lucha, what was, uh, you got to tell me what was Mexico like for you your first time over there, man. Cause I mean, when we, uh, we mentioned a little bit before we, uh, went live, we'll talk about our buddy, uh, El Rudo de las Chicas, um, Sam Adonis in a little bit, but, um, the first time we interviewed him, he was still over in, uh, Mexico. So with you being such a big, uh, fan of Lucho, what was, uh, going to Mexico like for you? Yeah, oh, I mean, I went, like, right after high school. It was, it was fucking terrifying, man. Like, I'm, I'm a foreigner, don't know the language, 
And like, I, I just, I'm looking for this arena, Mexico place. I got this like phone number from Tarzan boy, who was a huge star that he happened to give me at an arena here in Chicago. Like I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I didn't leave my hotel for three full days. You know, I didn't know if I was going to go outside and be robbed of all of my pants and, and, and watch and whatever I had, you know, like at, at that time it was like the iPod. I was like, man, they're definitely going to steal this. So, yeah, I stayed in my hotel room for three days living in fear, saying, what the hell have you done? Like, you don't know anybody here. You only have one piece of paper with a phone number on it that has a million numbers that probably isn't even real. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely, definitely terrified, man. And I had no idea where to find this yeah. Arena Mexico place, like. Uh, you know, the phones back then didn't have GPS. Like, you know, I'm kind of an older dude. So like, I, I, you know, I don't even know how it all worked out, but these stars have been aligning my whole career. So it just, it just happened. Like the guy answered the phone. He took me to Rena Mexico, started training. It was like the best training I've ever had in my career, probably up until now. Like it's like the cathedral of Lucha Libre. And I was working with the best talents down there, man. And it was a, it was definitely a once in a lifetime experience for sure. It was awesome. Now, what about once you actually made your uh, performance and made your debut down there? How did the the role kind of change going from making your initial debut from training down there, drawing so much inspiration, oh, yeah. to now being able to perform in front of these crowds that, you know, have yeah. such an immense, like, built-up uh, ability, I guess, to judge talent on mm -hmm. that level because they're constantly taking in that level of wrestling. Man, I was so ready. They had a sold out crowd at Nessa, which is a really kind of like, you know, hard area to run shows in. I'm just talking about the areas, not the, not the best of areas. And like the people are so, so this show in Nessa every time. And it's just like packed to the gills. The headliner is Mystical versus Warrior. And I guess they just had like a, a mask versus mask match. And one of them lost. And people were really into it. And I was like semi-main in my debut in Mexico city. And it's just like incredible feeling. I was, I felt more than ready. I had come out and I had this idea to throw tortillas at the crowd and they got super over as a heel. <laughs> and like, it, I, I had known a, enough Spanish to where I could like cut a promo in Spanish. I semi sung a song in Spanish. It was, it was a really good experience, man. I knew for sure. I was hooked for a lot of my life after that match. Like I was going to stay in this for as long as I could. So it was definitely a good time. <laughs> it sounds like it, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, we mentioned uh, our buddy Sam Adonis. You know, I had never really seen, you know, we'll call it the dark side, heel side of uh, Gringo Loco before you guys did uh, what you guys had going down at uh, Ula La Lucha. And let me tell you, for those that weren't there, first of all, now that we're getting close to uh, Cinco de Mayo this year, you know, when they bring Ula La Lucha back to Detroit, you need to go because it's a fucking blast of a time. But, uh, dude, you guys had everybody in that bitch ready to kill you guys. <laughs> ooh la la. So what, Let me tell what you something you about ooh la la, man. I remember it being as hot, if not hotter, than a Mexico City crowd on a Friday night down there, man. I mean, he Sam with his crazy promos and both of us with the visuals of, like, really, really conveying to the Detroit crowd that night that we hate each and every one of you. And then the crowd just eating every bit of it up, man. Lula La was such a great experience, man. They have to bring it back. 
The best part about that is like a lot of that crowd isn't even like a wrestling crowd. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. I've been to a couple yeah. of those. Like a lot of a lot of those people that are coming in there just come down there for like the spectacle of it and like a Cinco de Mayo thing to do. So that's the best part. Like you're not getting people that watch wrestling all the time that are gonna just be like, oh shit, this is just some wrestling garbage or whatever you know what i mean like these people are most of them probably drunk and just watching this shit (laughs) and then let's not forget the cops that sam had with him because those motherfuckers didn't help anything for your guys cause either (laughs) like that was like some reno 911 type shit in the ring and uh yeah Yeah. dude it was uh they were pelting motherfuckers with beer it was uh it was a good time dude like i said you guys definitely got to come down with me if uh if uh when Ula La Lucha comes out comes back, shout out to our buddy Mavado. <laughs> Man, he's the best, and you can you, you just can't imagine the the, the the amount of heat that we caused weren't there live. Man, it was it was an incredible sensation. They were eating, it. and then again, we could we, we were able to have the honor to share a ring with Ultimo Dragon too that night. It was incredible. Thanks. You know, that was my, my one and only time in there with the with the with the legend and uh. Yeah, I mean, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like, if it was tomorrow, I'd be like, I'd cancel whatever I had going on and go do La La, man. Definitely a good time. Like I said, shout out to Movado. (laughs) I told you guys, man, that's one of the ones, like, Devin and I hit it a couple times, and the last one Devin and I hit before he headed to Texas was that one. So uh, Devin was just with me in Texas for uh, WrestleMania weekend and all that stuff. So now that he's back here in Michigan, if uh, La La makes its way back which i've got a sneaking suspicion it will um we'll definitely have to uh see what's happening with that well j bone with you being the hip-hop guy bro i know you had a couple questions yourself so i will leave that to you brother man yeah man so we're at uh gcw first of all i love hip-hop music man as you can see back here i got hip-hop stuff all over the place but i noticed you come out to was it drake right one of your theme songs, yeah. My, my last two, yeah. So, my entire career has been hip hop and something that's super bassy. So, the last two have been yeah. Drake, and before that, I mean, I can go down the line, but it's always been mm-hmm. like some hard street, shit yeah, yeah. So, you are a hip hop guy, yeah. We that's what we want to know on the show. We want to know if you're a hip hop guy, how does that play in your persona, stuff like that, man. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, anything that's like definitely obviously catchy during the time that I come out with it. Like, you know, way too sexy when I came out with it was definitely like the song of the time. You know what I'm saying? It's getting a little burnt out. I'm I'm still enjoying it. I'm sure the people are too, but you know, the look alive uh, song that I came out before that was kind of uh, hot because like, I don't know if you guys know, but I had a, a heart issue a couple of years ago where I may or may not have passed away for five minutes. So the look alive oh, wow. title actually fit in like to my life and i liked the song so that's why i ran for that i ran with that song for like three or four years until i got burnt out of it but yeah man i've always had like super hip-hop bassy tracks man i don't know if you're familiar with like crucial conflict here from here in chicago oh yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah. oh see so you know i oh, had a yeah. bunch of three six mafia all kind of little john stuff like it's always been the constant in my career like i've never really gone outside of that box man it's just what i enjoy you know and that shit Bro, gets, I remember got hype too when you're coming out. I'm like, it's like a party when Gringo Loco comes out. Yeah, right. Dude. <laughs> Look, dude, I'll never forget boxing in Detroit and uh banging one hitter quitter in the fucking gym and shit back in the day. So mm-hmm. I fucking remember all that shit. Mafia, <laughs> no, bro. Hell yeah. Dude, you can't go wrong with 3-6 Mafia, dude. And the fact is, when it's 2022 and they can still pop that shit on, dude, and everybody still gets hype, <laughs> like I said, it's right. uh it's a sight yeah. to behold. 
Absolutely. Right. Sometimes too hype, bro. You ever been to a three six mafia? Concert? No, I haven't. I have. I've been to. A, have. I've been to a Gucci show where uh, like shit a wild got too hype. <laughs> I've been to a three six mafia concert, dude. It is a wild ass time. I tell you that. It is a wild yes. ass time. So <laughs> I feel like you can't you can't bring up the story of almost died and then I, I that's what I was what, gonna get to next. Was, uh, Go ahead. What so what the hell happened? <laughs> Brother, nobody knows, man. I so before I so I was 30 years old. I'm kind of living a crazy lifestyle, but not not too nothing like you know crazy enough to like die like I, I just wouldn't sleep and i would drive from town to town like basically ev- what everybody's doing now in gcw but i don't know man i was 30 years old i had never been in the hospital not even for a cold pneumonia anything a broken finger and it was after a cleveland show and i had to drive all the way back to chicago by myself it was six and a half hours to barely make that show and yada 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 it was just a long crazy weekend and like, i guess like i made that show i did the show and then I guess I was walking up some stairs and uh, uh, one of my good friends like described that after the fact was like, if you like disconnected like a light, you know, from an outlet or whatever, and like all the power just goes out and I just fell on the stairs, man. And it was like, I guess it was a scary moment for everybody involved. I don't remember anything. It was like a big nap to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I woke up to the doctor saying like, yo, like you're a miracle to be here. I was like, oh, hell yeah, for real. He's like, no, seriously. <laughs> he was like, yeah, <laughs> man, not? like you weren't, you weren't with us for about five minutes. I was like, damn. That's pretty nuts. Like I woke up and I thought like I had gotten into a car accident or something. I had no idea what happened. And, uh, you know, so now the last couple of years, like, well, every day really you wake up and you're like, you don't take anything for granted. You take every moment, you know, that you can, because you know, this, this is precious. Like it literally happened to a, like a 30 year old, healthy human being, you know what I'm saying? So I really don't take anything for granted, man. It's my second chance and just trying to make the best of it. What did they end up? Uh, what did they end up saying the cause of it was? Was it like overrunning yourself? Or yeah. Like so what I, happened? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm sure that had something to do with it, but I have to live with this PTSD every day. Like there is no definitive cause on what happened. Oh, so shit. I actually, um, wow. yeah, dude, I know, man. So Even because scary, of that, man. they didn't know. They yeah. Oh, dude, it's so scary. So. Um, one of the things that they like decided to do like on some free shit was like, Hey man, we're going to put a pacemaker in you just in case this happens again. Cause we don't know what the fuck happened to you. Uh, they put, they put one in man, which is nuts. So like, I'm, I gotta, my, my daughter calls it a cuckoo clock in my chest. So if anything <laughs> ever happens, man, I'm, I'm like covered for, you know, for a second or third chance at life, man. So far so good, man. It's been almost <laughs> six years. Haven't had to use it yet. So wow. yeah, man. That, that, wow, that's crazy. That's good to hear you didn't need the backup battery for for right, a couple of years. Right. It's, yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, dude, we've talked about it on the show before. I can relate to the, uh, you know, that change in the way you look at things because I had something similar. I don't know if you're an MMA fan of any kind, but um, that's where the MMA and boxing side of our show comes from. I was training to get ready for a jiu-jitsu tournament. I have Crohn's disease, and so you can get dehydrated mm. really easy. Well, I had been in the middle of a flare-up, but I just thought, whatever, dude, you know, my stomach hurt. It usually goes away in like a week, whatever, and I was cutting weight. So I just figured, whatever, dude, you know, I'll be all right. Well, you know, anyone who knows anything about fighting, you know, when you're cutting weight, it's just a nasty, shitty thing, no matter how you do it. Like, it just sucks. And we turned uh, turned all the heat up at the gym, dude, and I remember, like, dude, it felt like somebody was stabbing me from the inside out, and I'm like, fuck dude this hurts i remember i will never forget 
told my coach, I was like, dude, you know, I'm telling you something's wrong. Now, mind you, I grew up with cerebral palsy. So for me to even say anything about being hurt, I wouldn't say anything unless I was hurt, hurt. And I remember telling him like, Hey dude, I need to like, something's wrong. He's like, ah, don't be a puss. Get back on the mat. You know, I kept training, go to the hospital that night. And the guy goes, yeah, dude, your appendix might explode. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that's fucking great. That's fucking great. Body man. Dude, you're not shitting. Listen, you're not shitting. Yeah. I need to take my own advice sometimes, but yeah, you gotta listen. To hey God. man, you just got, you just got your ass out of urgent care, so nah, you didn't no, follow the advice bad, either. Dude, I was <laughs> bad for a minute. Trust me, I was questioning my decisions and everything. I'm like, oh gosh, what did I do, man? It's funny how I, I, I do that. I can but... say, yeah, <laughs> no, I can say, like, definitely, like the weeks leading up to what happened to me. I was Googling like some weird shit, dude. I was like, yo, can a can I was like, can a human like overdose on caffeine? Uh, how much lack of sleep you actually like could potentially die or something. I remember I do remember vaguely looking up some weird shit because I was going hard, bro. And like I was always known within my group of friends of like the person that will do a wrestling match and then go straight to work right after and then get up the next morning. It's just like it was just a crazy like just never ending ever you know it's just I, you know i didn't think sleep was important but now i realize how important it is so yeah yeah it definitely <laughs> it definitely is i remember those days when i was working my midnight shift is what you know i don't know if that's what you were doing as well but man yeah. pulling full 24s trying to do something the next day go to work the next night and then sleep exactly just crash out after yeah. Ooh, I, I done pulled Taxing, that far dude. too many times man taxing the body man that's a toughie <laughs> Especially <laughs> as you get older, as you get older, it gets a little more taxing. No. You know what I mean? So, man, if I, I compare my it. life now to six years ago when I was running hard like that, it is a complete one eighty, bro. If I, I, I was hesitant to drink coffee the first couple of years coming out of what happened to me, bro. Like, cause I didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I thought that was the cause. So, like, I was just this dude that like didn't have any ca- caffeine ever in his life. I was just like this good boy, not doing anything, but. I've broken out of that a little bit because, you know, I mean, you get tired, bro. You know, with these flights and everything, mm-hmm. you got to wake up somehow for these matches. But, yeah, it's I got some PTSD for sure, man. But uh, I'm, I, it's getting better, thankfully. Good. Well, Good to hear. that brings up a question I got. So now that we obviously have established the fact that you're all over the place like a ping pong ball, um, I mean, I've seen you everywhere from MLW to AAA to GCW and everything in between. So, like, when you go to all these different places, like working on TV with MLW doing what they're doing or a AAA or a GCW, do you find yourself having to change your style much from place to place to place, depending upon, like, where you're working? No, not right now, man. I, I definitely base what in the ring based on the rivals that are presented to me. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't change my style at all. I just look to see who it is, if I know them, if I don't, what what do they bring to the table? What do I bring to the table? And how, how can we mesh that to make the best match of the night, essentially? Yeah, I don't I don't change up my style much for anyone. I just wonder because like I said, that when when you came in, when you guys came in for Ulala, that was the first time I'd ever seen you heal. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, all right, this is totally different than what I'm used to seeing, but it was it was dope, like I said. So I wondered if there was much change, especially with you having a lucha style. You know, do you find yourself oh, yeah. not flying as much or you know, trying to ground the guy more or that kind of stuff based upon where you're at? Yeah, you know what's crazy, man? A lot of like I'd say 70 80 percent of my career i've been a heel 
And then I started doing a couple little flips here and there. And then like all the people turned me baby face and now they're expecting that every match. So I just kind of ran <laughs> with that and I'm, I'm it. I mean, like in Mexico city, I definitely know that like, I'm only booked as a heel obviously because I'm the American guy and I face. So like, that's an obvious way to go, but yeah, I mean, the people over the years just turned me into this, like, flyer, essentially, which I never was before. But now i got to come up with these creative ideas to, to stay on top of, you know, of the, the, the Technico mountain. We call them Technicos and Lucha Libre. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I think I'm succeeding. I mean, people are loving some of the stuff we're, we're coming up with. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a wild ride so far. So I mentioned I mentioned that we're MMA we're also MMA based. Are you a fan of the fights? Do you like boxing, MMA, any of the combat sports? Do you mess with it at all? I mean, I, I watch it. I've never uh, I, I, a buddy of mine is super into jujitsu. He always invites me, but I never have time. I would love to like mix it up and see, you know, if I were to like that or not. I know there's a, dude, there's a you lot would do great involved. Yeah, I thought I know there's a lot of technique involved. That like once I get my claws into something, I'm always going to do it ten out of ten. So now, I'm kind of scared to try it because I what you know what if I leave wrestling? You know, <laughs> I'll just I'll just get into that like completely immerse myself into another world. But I, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I just need to find the right opportunity to do it. I think you'd be great at it, especially with all the stuff you're able to do with the lucha stuff. Because I've got a purple belt myself, and if my ass can do it, having CP and all that stuff. There's no reason that you can't be over here throwing triangles, arm bars, and all the deal. So I definitely would say it would be dope and uh, a cool thing for you to add to the repertoire and all that good stuff. I I actually like this idea, man. I'm going to take you up on that. Hey, man, I'm just saying. I'm coming out there to Vegas. I'm going to be doing my thing over there at Extreme Couture while we're over there and uh, linking up with a couple of our guests. So I'm just saying. I'll be recording. So if you want to throw Kyle in a triangle choke or something. Yeah. If you want to throw him in a triangle choke or something, I'll, I'll record I, You see this shit? This motherfucker. I bring him on the show and you're serving hey, me at his base. I'll tell you, you we're going to do We're doing Vegas the right way, man. We're going to get you backpacking. Yeah, yeah we're doing Vegas the right we're way. We're going to throw his some, ass in a triangle so, so that you can come back with We're going to do Vegas the right way. Hell yeah, dude. What the fuck? Hey, man, I already signed myself up to get it in with uh, our buddy and past guest of the show, Gil Gardato. You know, he was already doing his thing, helping Mox get his ass in shape and fighting over there for PFL and all that good stuff. So shout out to Gil. Gil's already going to be trying to kick my ass, and I'm going to be trying to get a little (laughs) bit of work in with Justin James before he gets Uh in there with Julian Let Me Bang Lane. So like I said, all the more reason that if you guys are new here, make sure you hit that motherfucking subscribe button. Because, like I said, you never know what you're going to see. And uh, we're staying at Circus Circus, so we're going to have to go ride the roller coaster on top of that bitch (laughs) when we get there. So uh, you never know. Like I said, hit that subscribe button. And uh, thank God everything's paid off. Shout out to our sponsors, G3 Payroll and Tax. Like I said, if you haven't checked them out, check out the link in the sponsor and all that good shit. So now that I got that shit out of the way, I got so... Something that we always ask everybody when we bring them on is um, we've got this segment. We call it locker room etiquette. Now we've had everybody on there from Josh Briggs from NXT to, you know, Sam's been on there and everybody else. We've had everything from wash your balls. 
keep your baby mama out of the locker room. Uh, bring your own wrist tape. Bring your own squirt bottle. Uh, don't get too comfortable was the one uh, Silas Young used. Uh, Ninja Mac, who was just on with us, fellow GCW guy, said, uh, don't be too proud to get your ass in the ring and train. Um, if you had any pet peeves or anything that pissed you off or annoyed you or any advice you had for somebody uh, coming into the wrestling world, what would it be? Oh, somebody new, huh? To, to definitely not Could be do a locker either room or pet peeves, somebody new, whatever you want. Oh, man. Pet peeves, bro. Everybody is always asking for scissors, man. Everybody's always <laughs> asking for tape, like you said. The water bottle spray thing is always a big thing. Uh, you know, just come prepared, man. Like, if you know that you're going to need X, Y, and Z, make sure that you get it in your bag or you stop at the store before you get to the arena. That way you don't have to bother me. You don't have to bother everybody else that doesn't want to give you all their stuff. You just come prepared, man. It's a wrestling show. You've known about the date for months in advance. Just have everything ready. Be a professional. It's professional wrestling. You want to be the best that you can be, so come prepared with all the stuff that you need for your show. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. I, I was going to transition no, anyway. I was going to say, you t talk about technique work and trying to stay prepared and stuff that kind of boiled right into my next question. You you say your technique in Lucha. What, do you rely more on creativity to come up with these, you know, next moves or do you kind of do more research based and then tweak it from there to apply it to your style? Good question. Well, I think it's a blend of both, man. I definitely do research on when, what other past wrestlers have done. And then I kind of tweak it and make my own man. Like I still got a lot of stuff on the back burner that I haven't hit and I want to hit very soon. But uh, you always got to have, like, a couple jokers in your pocket for the people, especially for bigger shows, too, that you know that are cooking, that you have in your pocket, that are done deals, and uh, you got to know when to use them. So uh, always innovate, always try to stay ahead of the game. You know, this younger ge generation coming up now are just doing everything, you know, and they're trying everything, and sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't, but the fact that they're, like, you know, willing to kill themselves, essentially, jumping off these balconies and it's just insane. Some of the stuff I'm seeing, you got to kind of stay with the times, man. It's, it's hard. You know, they're, they're hungrier than ever. They realize that wrestling is a really cool sport and they're trying to like get their name out there, man. So I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I just, you know, I mean, it goes back to when I was a child playing with the action figures of like, Oh, what if we did this? I just do it in my brain now. Like that seems like a cool move. Maybe we should try that. So the name of the game right now is definitely innovation, man. And staying ahead of it. I think, uh, and I think we're doing a lot of it in GCW, thank, thankfully. So happy to be a part of it, man. So with you liking GCW and uh, the direction they're going, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're most known for, obviously, is a lot of their deathmatch stuff. Like, do we see? Do you see yourself getting uh, more ingratiated with that stuff, or do you say see yourself sticking more uh, straight lucha too? <clears throat> I think it just depends. Like, I could definitely see myself doing both. You saw – I'm sure you guys saw the, the match with Psycho Clown in Dallas. Um, I knew going into that match that I have this nuttier side to me with getting crazy and biting foreheads and all this, but I had, like, tucked that person away 10 or 12 years ago once I left Mexico City. I was like, eh, it's not needed. It's not really me. But I know that he's in there, the crazy guy. 
and uh, you know, jumping off of like field goal posts and you know, just getting really nutty in a match. And I knew that you know he's a big star in Mexico, and this was a big opportunity. You know, all that going into that, um, I could see myself maybe dabbling in a little deathmatch stuff. I don't, I don't see why not. There's, there's actually an idea on the table in GCW now, which may or may not be announced uh, in the coming weeks that I think will be very interesting yeah. once it's announced to see people's reactions to it. So, yeah, I mean, there's stuff in the works, man. We just have to wait and see. Hey, man, I like it. It's something different. It'll be out the way, and seeing you in a death match uh, setting would be definitely different than yeah, uh, to be pretty what we're used unique. to, man. <laughs> pretty unique. You're bringing Lucha Libre style to the death match stuff, man. That'd be right. uh, some unique shit right there. Yeah, There's a lot right. of guys out there too. I think could do that. that that's what I, I like about GCW. It seems like they're very open to the to the Lucha style, mix it in with the death match stuff. Look, dude. There's so many. If he guys can mix it up like with that. Psycho Clown. Which I saw Cycle Clown mix it up with Sam when we were in uh, Dallas earlier last year when oh, we yeah. got caught there when the only time I've ever fucking seen snow uh, in Dallas <laughs> and my flight got I literally sat on the plane for an hour before we left because we were at uh, we went out there for Pele Pro and uh, they destroyed the fucking brewery out there and oh my god. So if you're able to mix it up with a guy like Psycho Clown like that, which I did see the match in Dallas, because like I said, WrestleMania week was insane. Um, like I said, then it looks it looks cool to me. What was Mania week like for you, man? Like, you know, you had your, you know, you had your show and you had all that stuff, but like how many shows did you end up working that weekend? Uh, it was eight shows in total, man. Uh, pretty crazy weekend. I, I went into it saying, oh, I got this, man. No problem. I've been preparing my my whole career for this, but wow, uh, four matches in one day at my age. I don't think I'm going to be doing that again. <laughs> uh, it was, it was crazy. And then I grabbed another one that day because Bandito wasn't feeling too well. I was like, can you go take this date? And I, I just had my heart so set on going to my hotel room and like laying down for a couple hours and me just doing everything. 10 out of 10, always just, you know, going full blown fucking gas pedal. I'm like, I'll no problem. So I had to go, straight to that one to my last booking of the night there was no rest it was just i mean you know it's what i've always wanted like i've always wanted the eight or nine <laughs> matches right i've never had that before but when you're actually in it and doing it and you're on that you know after that third match going to the fourth and <laughs> yeah. one day yeah you're feeling some type of way like maybe i shouldn't be doing this to my body at this age like that's what i kept saying to myself <laughs> like this is insane dude but then you got to think like you got to strike when the iron's hot, man. Like if this is your yeah. moment, what are you going to go home and sleep when you have one more booking waiting for you and you're, you're billed as like whatever, like a talent, you know, they made the graphic for you or whatever, like you have to go, you know, I feel, I felt like I was in the situation where like, if you don't do it now, like when are you going to do it, you know? So it was a fantastic weekend. That's how I can sum it up. You know, the cherry on the top was obviously my show coming together and having it be the success that it was. I think, you know, overall I, it was, it was my, my year for sure. felt great i mean i can't argue that i mean we've seen you everywhere i mean i couldn't agree more like that for like our show's been around about six years at this point that's how we've made most of the connections we've made whether it's wrestling mma boxing whatever you know i mean just in uh 2021 i mean we were in jacksonville i was in jacksonville vegas 
the only one I didn't go to was WrestleMania, and that was and I was gonna supposed to be at all the GCW shows last Mania weekend, except I had a uh, COVID scare. I was supposed to be out there with Mega Ran when he was uh DJing the For the Culture show and shit. So uh shout out Mega Ran. We're gonna be uh linking up with him in Vegas for uh double or nothing as well. So we'll uh definitely have to all link up out there, but like I said, man, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like I feel like that hustler attitude is really how you're getting out, how you get out there, how wrestlers get out there, how we got to get out there with doing what we're doing. So it's, I mean, hey, man, like you said, strike while the iron iron's hot, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Whichever analogy you want to use, man, it's like if you ain't there, you hear the old analogy. It's like ninety five percent of it's showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like right. I said. Dude, hey, you, want, you mentioned well, the word hustler, man. Like, any, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I got to tell you this. No, you're straight, quick, man. The, the word straight. The word hustler to me, like, is is definitely deep rooted uh, in my entire life. Like, when I was a very young child, I used to go to a suburb with my best friend where she lived at like this little town, and I went to this store, bro, and I bought like a box of the little chicklays that come with the four in the little pack. Yeah. In yeah. a weekend, I was able. At a young age, I was able to figure out how much profit I could make if I just walked around the streets, bro, selling them at 25 cents each, which was four for a dollar, obviously, right? And you have that many in a pack. I would sell three packs in a weekend, bro. I was clearing like $150 profit a weekend at like nine years old, bro. So, like, (laughs) I've been on this shit. I've been on this shit. I've never told that story to anyone, dude. Like, I I have been on this shit shit forever. I I got one more for you. You know how like Please in do. high school, you know, people people would uh they would have like uh you know like little chocolates, they call it like uh a fundraiser for the uniforms or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. right I don't right. come from a very wealthy background, dude. My parents were poor men, barely ever there, blah blah blah. You know the story. Yeah, everybody has one, right? But like right. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, yo, they're making a fundraiser for their uniforms. I need to make a fundraiser for my life, dog. And I started to sell <laughs> candy, bro. On the corner of like the busiest hallway on the fourth floor, I'll never forget it. And like I was turning profits, like you had no idea, bro. I had deals on Fridays, dog, two for one, bro. I've been on this shit my entire life. Dog. So like, again, I'm tying it all back into that third book and going into the fourth. It's like if you're not gonna do it now, like what have you been working towards your whole career? So just get it done. You know what I mean? Hustler is my middle name. It really is, dude. It's been part of me. It's part of my soul, honestly. I've been just making it work this whole time. So you guys got some really good scoops on those two stories right there about my life. Hey, I love it, dude. See, and that's why, like I say, I always tell people when they, because we always get the question, like, what's the vibe like on your show? I was like, dude, I try to keep these like we're shooting the shit because that's when you always get, you know, the best stuff out of it, dude, because you just made me think of a hell of a story that Corey will be able to relate with. Cause see, that's the thing. Corey's newer to the show, but Corey and I go back to when we was like 10, 11 years old. I'll yeah, never too, forget too long. Put it that way. Yeah. You ain't kidding. Make <laughs> us both look old motherfucker. Uh, but with that being said, uh, dude, I'll never forget. So with my dad just passing away at the beginning of uh pandemic, you made me think of some shit with my sister. You talk about smart and a hustler. Now it's kind of fucked up when you think about it, but it's not so bad when you consider it was only quarters we're talking about. But my dad, there's an 81 Capri that's still sitting in my garage right now. My dad used to take those big old uh Apso Pure bottles, right? And he would fill them up with quarters. That's <laughs> how he would pay how he'd pay for the shit. 
And so my sister was maybe shit. 11, 12, middle school age. And so she got smart to, she could sell quarters back to my dad and he would give her cash, right? Because he wanted quarters for the quarter jar. She got smart and started taking the quarters out the quarter jar and was making money off of selling them bitches back. <laughs> selling them bitches back in a big loop. And she'd have never got caught, but this is some kid shit for you, man. She'd uh, she have never got caught, except she gave some of the quarters to her friend, and her friend went and got an electric scooter, and her mom's like, how the fuck did you get the money for an electric scooter? Oh, <laughs> I was like, you dumbass. You went and gave the money away. You'd have never got caught. <laughs> Bro, I came home. Okay, let me tell you. I came home with a Chevy Blazer in high school. My mom was like, yo, what the? What is this? And I was like, yo, listen, man, I'm just I'm out here making money. <laughs> couldn't believe it. Stay hustling, man. You gotta stay hustling. Hey, man, he's gonna have to take them 1099s and G3 payroll and tax, man. Kathy out here with them twisted tumblers, man. Hustling out here, got us together with them twisted tumblers, man. If you don't got yours, man, we gotta get you a Gringo Loco uh, twisted tumbler, man. She got us together with uh, the Yeti cups, dude. Put anything you want in the damn thing. Oh, I know, but uh, man, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Yetis are like oh. the shit. They're the best for when you go to the gym. They're the best if you just walking around, keep your mm-hmm. shit cold, especially if pre. It don't matter you pre game and whatever you're doing, you're all right. But we've been talking oh, yeah. this whole time, and I managed to almost let you get out of here without talking. You know, like I said, I mentioned before we went live the last time uh, Sam and I talked here on the show. He was still doing his thing, slinging packages like me, except for Amazon. So. Gringo Locos, Luchador by Night, but what's the, what's the day gig, bro? What are you doing these days, man? So um, I am a part owner of a uh, flower shop here in Chicago. I am very busy with that. It's it's every afternoon. It's a chaotic life, but I you know I love it. Uh, and again, like I'm I'm very entrepreneurial in, in a lot of senses, man. I have like a lot of eggs in a lot of different baskets. Uh, there was one guy I talked to when I was younger and he told me that exact thing, you know, cause he was doing well. He always had like a clean Benz outside of the business that I was working for. And I was like, you know, how can I do that? You know, cause I was young and I didn't know. He was like, you never want to have your eggs all in one basket. So I t- took that really, you know, throughout my entire life. And I have like, I don't know, you know, jobs here and there. Like I got a couple Airbnbs that I manage here in Chicago. Uh, I actually funny that you mentioned that Sam does Amazon. I do Amazon when there's like downtime because I just can't sit in the house all day and watch TV. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, it's just, you know, everything seems to work out, you know, wrestling's on fire now, so I don't have to work as much, but uh, it's just, uh, it's just my hands in a lot of different things, man. You know, it, it always seems to connect uh, week in and week out. So it keeps me pretty busy out here, man. Hey, I had, I had to ask because man, it's funny. I get people all the time, especially with us traveling and stuff for the show. They're like, Dude, like that'd be that's dope. That's what you do. I was like, that's not what I do for a full time job. I'm still working full time at the post office, fucking slaving away, slinging your mail, hearing hey, people bitch days. about why their mail didn't get there. It's uh, it's it's a good time all in the hood, but my check didn't bounce, so uh, we're all good. Uh, go. All the five stars. Yeah, I went for for yeah. for a little for a little while there, man. It was uh. I was doing Uber and I, you know, I had the great oh, idea shit. of like going, going to a WWE live event. And then I was like, Oh, I could take people 
you know, from the arena all the way back to the city and make a bunch of money. Well, this was when Uber pool was a thing when three people get into your car and they're all going the same way. I'm sure you guys know about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew that I, I had to stop doing Uber at that point because all three separate customers recognized who the fuck I was. I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no okay. shit. I couldn't. I, was, I think it was after like a, something, like an extreme rules pay-per-view, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to make a little extra money. They were like, are you? Are you? And I was like, oh, shit, I can't do this anymore. So that was the end of that. <laughs> they, they better have at least left a fat tip, right? Appreciate the work, yeah. leave oh, some yeah. money, you know. Funny, yeah, funny. Better than be known, though. Funny, add detail to that story was um, I had my merch in the back trunk, so I gave them all eight by tens and a pin, bro. It was it was wild. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Thanks for riding with Gringo. Let Actually, me hook you up yeah, right quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a hell of an Uber yeah, ride, right. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question and the best question. How many times do you got to explain what Gringo – how many times do you get people asking what Gringo Loco means or you have to have somebody explain it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So so people that don't know about wrestling, they always laugh. They think, like, Gringo Loco, haha, that's funny, but, like, it's all serious in my life. Like, it's how I made my entire career. Agree. You know? Now, I will say that I get – the same question over and over again it's like oh what is a base guy that's more of the question that i get the gringo loco thing isn't really needed to be explained to a wrestling fan you know it's a lucha libre thing whatever but so the base guy thing is always a question you're a little beefing what it is so my idea was <laughs> that when when it was uh djc and i were sitting on a couch and we were watching our favorite bases doing their thing and that they've never dropped anyone and they're always taking care of people's lives, right? And I was like, man, he's like a god of base. And uh, I was like, you know, I want to be a base god one day. And he was like, dude, have you ever dropped anybody? And I was like, no, I don't think so. He's like, dude, you're a base god. You got to run with that. And that's where that name came from. So there's a lot of base gods in the world. I'm not the only one. I just kind of ran with the idea. Now, there's another idea on the table. Potentially, I could change it to B-A-S-S because I'm a huge base head anyway for music. And just kind of slightly tweaking it and changing one letter and seeing if anybody notices. And then the answer would be so much easier. Like I'm the king of bass at that point. And I yeah. come up to bassy music right. and all all my moves are based on like, you know, bass drop and all this shit. So maybe I'll just do that. It is on the table. It's kind of a big thing, a big, you know, change in my career. Or whatever. We'll see what happens, man. I might just keep it the way it is. So not sure yet. So J Bone, I know you're a hip hop head. That just lets out that it was because of Lil B. <laughs> I, like I do, I do, I get that. I get that a lot on Twitter, man, about the comparison that I got it from him and got it, yeah. But no, it was it was nothing yeah. of the of the sort. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I saw it, I was like, I wonder if that's got anything to do with it because I remember, <laughs> shit, we was in high school or just getting out of high school when he was doing his thing. And, uh, dude, it was funny as shit because I remember, like, what the fuck? I don't see what people see in this dude, but he got hot for a minute. (laughs) Shit, man. Well, I appreciate the time. I appreciate making the time uh, after the day job and all that good stuff. And uh, we definitely got to link up when we get down to Vegas, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Please hit me up in the DMs and let me know where you're at so we can link up. Hell yeah, we'll definitely make it happen. We're already looking forward to linking up with uh, the homie Ryan McKinnell and all them while we're down there. And like I said, Mega Rand will be joining us while we're down there. So uh, like I said, man, the invite's open. I'm getting down over there at Extreme Couture. Fucking, uh, We'll have to teach you some of them triangles right quick. Oh, boy. I'll be recording. I'm ready. 
I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Let's get it. I want to do a triangle hole. Yep. I want to learn the leg locks and all that shit, man. I'm ready, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's fuck it. Let's get it. Like I said, Gil, we're coming to Extreme Couture. Like I said, if you guys are new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And uh, Gringo, before we let, get out of here, let them know where they can find you on all the socials and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Twitter is uh, Gringo Loco OG because I'm old as shit. And then uh, Instagram is I am base God with underscores under uh, the word. So I am base God, B A S E G O D. So appreciate you guys having me on, man. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, big time. Hey, man. I'm glad we could make it happen. Until (laughs) the next time and in the in between time. Peace.